Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, we are back. MP on the mic. It's 910 The Fan, 1051 FM. Welcoming in, friend of the program, friend to all, Mike Barber, the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. Mike, what is up? Apparently, you have not been reading my email or Twitter mentions because I am not friend to all. But <laughs> definitely happy to be friends of the program. It, it comes with the territory. All right, I want to jump right in and ask you about this this UVA quarterback situation because it, we, we all saw Tony Musket playing through it. Uh, it we, we heard the postgame comments. Um, but there's also this Anthony Calandria Mike redshirt situation. Uh, wh- where do we stand here? Yeah, so basically the plan is to redshirt Calandria if they can. And, Michael, that's a big if because this offensive line is still very much a work in progress. Tony Musket was sacked four times Saturday. He's playing with a shoulder surgery, a shoulder injury that's going to require surgery after the year. Uh, so if is a big if here. But the hope is that Tony Musket can play the rest of the season. Anthony Calandria won't play another snap, and they'll preserve the redshirt year for him. Uh, it was really interesting behind the scenes how it happened Saturday. Musket got hurt at one point. He went over to the medical tent, and the medical people are, are in concert with the coaches saying, okay, I think he's going to be okay, but we're going to need a player too. And so Tony Elliott called the timeout thinking like, okay, in the timeout, he'll get better and we'll be able to put him back out here. And then they ran out of time and they had to go back on the field and the medical people said he still needs another minute or two. So they put in Grady Brosterhouse for a play and he handed the ball off and then Musket came in. That's how touch and go this is uh, and, and why I have a hard time imagining they're going to succeed Um with this plan, but the plan right now is to play musket and to preserve Calandria's redshirt. I mean, you're you're Tony Elliott. You don't know if you'll be here in four years, let alone picking a quarterback in four years. Cer- certainly seems like like his his angle on this is pretty obvious. It, it was a little bit odd, right? Because he certainly packages it as I'm doing what's best for the kid. Uh, but if I'm Tony Elliott and, and I'm having the year I'm having, and I have the outlook on things here uh, that he does. I want all the all the options available to me here, um, and, and it may still be the case, right? If Tony Musket starts struggling, maybe they go back on this. But uh, Tony Musket played pretty well Saturday. He missed a couple big throws early that really could have had this game a, a different kind of vibe to it. The very first play of the game. He barely overthrew a wide-open sack at Wood on a tight end seam that would have been a touchdown. On the second drive, he overthrew Malachi Fields for what would have been a score. But overall, Musket's been pretty good, pretty sharp. The offense has looked okay with him, and um, they're going to go for it, man. It, it, it's um, I mean, I my takeaway from that game was if he doesn't hit that throw before halftime and if William & Mary converts on that fourth and one in the red zone, I think that game was a lot closer in the final score. 
Yeah, and I think that game was closer than the final score. You know, William Mary was up 13 nothing. I will say Virginia's defense tightened up, and yes. I know it's an FCS opponent, but uh, to shut anybody out over the final, what, 40 minutes of play is pretty darn good. Um, you know, there were some things there in terms of being able to run the ball and playing better defense. It's going to be really interesting to see if it's real progress or if that was opponent-based. All right. I don't want to set you up to be a friend of fewer online, but – we got to look at this upcoming schedule for UVA. Georgia Tech, they might win that one. That That's a winnable football game. It's tough to circle any of the other ones aside from maybe Virginia Tech, isn't it? Yeah, as I look at this schedule, it's funny, Michael, because when the year started, we said, my goodness, what a brutal start to the season. With Tennessee, <laughs> JMU, Maryland, NC State. And now it's like, wow, what a brutal end to the season. And I think when you're bad, that happens, right? There, there's no easy part of your schedule when you're not very good. But Georgia Tech at home and Virginia Tech at home are your two best chances at a victory. Uh, certainly at Miami, because you just never know what Miami's going to do. But Miami is by far the better team in that one. Uh, Louisville, Duke, I mean, this is just, and of course, North Carolina is the next one after the bye in North Carolina. It, it certainly sets up as if they didn't get this William and Mary win, it, it could have been an offer. It's uh, it's too bad that Miami has learned you are allowed to kneel on the ball at the end of games now. It would have been a, n- a nice thing to withhold before that game. You, my friend, are making a bold assumption that they learned <laughs> because Mario Cristobal has done this once before in his career, and I will believe he's done doing it when he's done doing it. But yeah, that was a shocking way to end a ball game. That's a full all timer of a gaff right there. That's uh, I mean I, I I'm not a like let's fire everybody overreact kind of guy, but you at least have to get called into the athletic director's office there and explain yourself after that one. It's, it's inexplicable because it's not one of those debates of you went for it on fourth down, you kicked a field goal, you punted. This is simple. Every coach tells you the stupid cliche that the best formation in football is the victory formation, and these guys refuse to get in it, and that's why they lost the game. And you can spin it a million other ways. The reality is is the coaching staff let those players down. And it's it's wild uh, to me, absolutely. Uh, Mike Barber's with us, Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. Read his work around the state as well in the Daily Progress, the Roanoke Times, all those great places. I, you you also know your Virginia Tech football. I would dabble into that for a second. Um, they they they've got a, a winnable game, if not a, a tough game against Wake Forest. That's another one where you know preseason probably thought that was tougher than it is. Uh, their path might look a little lighter than UVA's from here. What, what do you see coming up for the Hokies? It's really interesting. It's really interesting, I think, that Virginia Tech is actually a slight favorite in this ballgame. Well, one and a half points last time I checked, yep. which uh, is interesting because Wake Forest coming in, um, you know, known for offense. They've been better defensively than they've been offensively this year. Brent Pry told us today that he's actually never prepared a defense for that mesh offense that Dave Clawson runs. So how will that go? Uh, this is a really critical stretch, Michael, for Virginia Tech if they want to make a bowl game. They have Wake Forest and Syracuse back-to-back at home. Um, to me, those are games that you either have to win or you have to at least get one of them. They end the season with a very, very navigable stretch. Boston College, NC State, Virginia. They might even be able to get all three of those. In the middle, they've got Louisville in Louisville. I don't like them in that one. So I think if you can win one of the next two here, Wake Forest and Syracuse, you put yourself in position to get to bowl eligible. Uh, if you lose both of these, you've got a tough road. And that, that said, 
Uh, you know, it, it's Florida State. I don't want to read too much into it, but but you know that line that showed up against Pitt, that defensive line that finally got stout. Uh, you know, gave gave up some big runs, and I you know it was against Florida State, but I, I think there's still very real question marks there. Yeah, here's the thing: Pitt stinks, and <laughs> here's the other thing: Florida State is really good. They are. So, like, it's really hard to figure out. You know, are they making progress? Are they getting better? What is real? And, and I think this stretch—that's another reason it's so fascinating. I think Wake Forest is a middle-of-the-road team. I think Syracuse, despite the big start, is a middle-of-the-road team. Which Virginia Tech are, are we going to see? Are we going to skew towards a really impressive team that we saw against Pitt? Are we going to skew towards a, a pretty lousy effort that we saw at Florida State? Uh, I think it's going to be closer to Pitt. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this bunch. Um, I think they've got some playmakers on offense. I think they're finding some things on defense. They're getting some pass rush. Uh, I'm going to throw Florida State out the window and say the Seminoles are really, really good. And that Virginia Tech, I'm going to pick them to win this weekend, and I think they still have a great shot to get bowl eligible. I love Tootin, man. Watch watching him roll drones, Chiron drones. I mean, super fun to watch play. Uh, they they've got some young talent. I, I think the stat the other week was everybody on their offense is eligible to come back next year if they want to, whether COVID year or just underclassmen or whatever it is. It's it's the the hard sell though is getting them back in in this transfer portal age. Yeah, it is. You kind of have to assume that um, a lot of those pieces may move on and you got to go in the portal and get new pieces. But hey, I, I give Brent Pry and his staff a lot of credit because this roster a year ago, I mean, you could zoom in with a microscope and not find playmakers a year ago. Caleb Smith, the receiver, was their best guy and and he was a middle-of-the-road kind of guy at best. This year, they have brought in a ton of playmakers, and yeah, you're right. Will they be able to keep them is a great question, but uh, Bayshall Tootin is starting to remind me of, of Khalil Herbert, uh, who, who's gone on to the Chicago Bears, but he, he's able to run it. He's able to catch it out of the backfield. Uh, he's showing some progress, picking up the blitz. Obviously, the kick return, 99 yards to open the second half, kind of brought them back into that game. Uh this team is fun to watch. It's got things it can do. It is functional, capable, and at times it looks talented. And that's a far cry from last year. What I learned from the uh, Bears-Commanders game the other night was that uh, Greg Stroman's still in the league. Yeah, how about that? That game had a lot of Virginia Tech flavor. It did. Which uh, I always enjoy. And I, of course, always enjoy seeing Logan Thomas uh, playing tight end because – <laughs> there were many people at Virginia Tech while he was there who thought that's where he should be playing uh, even back then. It's uh, and uh, Kendall Fuller's having a great year there too. It's uh, they're they're loaded. Just need D'Angelo Hall to come out of the broadcast booth and finish it off. It would be fantastic. We could almost put together a pretty functional NFL team out of Tech guys who are in the league. Oh, no question. Tyrod's still doing his thing with the Giants. I mean, I it's debatable whether the Giants are an NFL team or not, Mike. But uh, you know, he's he's at least in the league getting the check. My, my friend Steve Politi, who, who covers the Giants uh, up there for NJ.com and the Star-Ledger, he, he had a – I can't remember if it was on his Facebook or if it was something professionally out there, so maybe I shouldn't repeat it, but he said <laughs> the Giants are looking Macadoo-ish very quickly here. <laughs> uh, so it, it, things have turned on Brian Dabble quite quickly. You never want to go full Macadoo. That's that, that's never, no. never where you want to be. Uh, he's Mike Barber, Richmond Times-Dispatch, Richmond.com. We'll look forward to your coverage this weekend, and uh, – Hopefully we'll have you get on the show again soon. Can't wait to do it. Thanks for having me. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM.
Hey, we're having a good time today. Um, here's what's happened today so far on MP on the mic. Uh, we did trivia. We gave out the hotel pin, as we do on Wednesdays. Uh, Coach Ryan Odom of VCU Basketball was here, right here in the studio with us. Uh, you, you'll hear that on AWOD Radio uh, at noon today. Uh, you want to hear what he has to say. Black and gold game happens on Saturday, 4 o'clock at the Siegel Center. He was tons of fun. We talked to him, too, uh, for our little program. We'll air that tomorrow. Um, he was great, though. And I broke the studio. Um, so those are the things that happened during today's program. But our awesome crew here, here at Odyssey um, was right on top of it. We have the new new computer monitor right outside. Um, if you had taken odds at the beginning of the week on who would fly into a fit of rage and destroy the studio, me or AWOD, I, I think I would have been plus money. Yeah, I, I think everybody would have bet on you. Or against you. <laughs> against you. No, see, I'm not doing a good job of taking your side here. That's all right, Josh. We're, we're, we're good. Uh, we are rolling. And we have a special guest in studio, which we always love, from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. She's Savannah Rieger. Welcome, Savannah. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to the radio party. <laughs> um, you you cover high school sports for the Times-Dispatch. I do. You cover lots of... You cover Taylor Swift for the Times-Dispatch. I do. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, but you, you, you know JMU football. I'd like to think so. <laughs> I, I like to think you know JMU football, too. 5-0. Um, and oh, Mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming. Tough schedule. They've won a lot of different ways. Uh, what do you What do you make of these guys so far entering uh, a, a pretty fun nationally televised game this weekend? I think that their tests are still coming. I think that Georgia Southern is one of their biggest tests, just They've like they will be in the weeks coming. I was at the game last year when they lost to them. I watched the meltdown, <laughs> yeah. and you know it's. They're, Georgia Southern can pass that ball. They can throw it down the field, and JMU is going to have to be ready for that. I love this defensive line, though. I love the, the D-line. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it, but I, I give them a fighting chance here. Coming off the bye week against Georgia Southern? You know, JMU in the bye week is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> we always see, okay, who really had the injuries Mm-hmm. prior you know and so we'll see who comes out to play you know I've, I've talked to some people and you know they say jamie's pretty beat up right now so let's see we'll see how they they're able to handle it against georgia southern who's also probably been preparing for this game for a while <laughs> sunbelt's like that you, you could get beat up every week in the summer oh, absolutely it's some tough non-conference games you know the, the big wins at uva and utah state but mm-hmm. th- those were not easy games those no were not rest, rest the play, rest <laughs> the starter games absolutely not you know it's like they went all the way to the West Coast for Utah State, and that one took a while. <laughs> Along so, with UVA, you know, they were close games. It shows Well, that UVA game just took a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with, with, the, with the delay. That was like a five-hour game. Absolutely. Uh, that, that was a long uh, long day out there in Charlottesville. Um, I was surprised to see Kurt Signetti essentially call out Jordan McLeod this week. He's got to play better. You don't see that a lot on 5-0 and teams. You don't. And <laughs> Jamie's had such a good history of good quarterbacks, too. You know, they've had, you know, Todd Santeo last year. You have Cole Johnson. You have Ben DiNucci, you know, in the NFL now. And it's like you're having all these really good guys. So when, you know, when the fans see, when the coach see a guy that hasn't necessarily been extremely electric coming out, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like a wake-up call. It, it's it, it surprises me because they're doing so well. But I also think, and, and you know, we, we can't have the JMU discussion without talking about, like, our – can they get to a bowl game? Can mm-hmm. they get the and and I think they know that if they run the table, they get to go to a bowl game. I think they think that too. It because like, it, that's just what it looks like. There, there, <laughs> there's too much money out there. If they, <laughs> right. If, if they get the New Year's bowl invite, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's stopping him. That's, no one is stopping Jamie. I think that's $12 million bucks. And and the Sun Belt's not turning down their share of that. <laughs> Absolutely not. You'll see that you'll see that waiver come out then. <laughs> exactly. I, I think he knows he's got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like and you're calling out your coach, your your quarterback at uh, at five and zero. Oh, I think because you're not switching your quarterback. No. Alonzo Barnett, he's there. He can play, but you're not switching your quarterback. You're you're just you're trying to fire up your quarterback. I I think this this whole we can we might go undefeated things hanging over. I don't think they will. I think you agree. I don't with think me. they will go undefeated. Which it's a shame to put that on them, like right. that you have to walk that tightrope the whole way because we should be able to just say nine and three, great mm-hmm. season, bowl game, like see at the Popeyes Bowl or whatever. But J- for JMU from from who I've talked to, nine and three just isn't even an option because they have just such a big history of winning. They have this big history of we lose one game, up, oh, nope, that's done, we're done. And so, you know, having that mentality is good for a situation like this because now, okay, we know exactly how we have to play to get to where we want to go. It's um, it's weird though because, like, in the Sun Belt, you're not. It's not going to be. You don't play Towson in the Sun Belt. Like, no, there, there's going to be a recalibration <laughs> here of some sort, right? Like, uh-huh. it, maybe the fans just won't accept it and will reject it and will become that one would of those be crazy, Jamie fans, crazy fan bases. Exactly, exactly. Um, you were at a high school game on Friday? I was. Uh, the dispatch? I was. I was at Verina at Glen Allen um, in Glen Allen. Uh, Verina won 21-13 in that one. Ver- I mean, if it weren't for Highland Springs, we'd be talking about Verina. Oh, we would. Verina's very good. and But they had to come back to beat Glen Allen. Glen Allen had to lead the halftime, which I was kind of surprised about. Our guy Perry Jones, he played at UVA, mm. uh, is uh, is coaching at Glen Allen. He's he's got them rolling a little. You've he seen does. some Glen Allen football this year. He does. I have. I've seen three games. I saw Glen Allen play Thomas Dale, uh, Verina now, and then I also saw them take on Douglas Freeman. And so, you know, I've seen them get better and better every week because that's just how it works. And I even got the roster down now because I've seen them play so many times. <laughs> The, uh, the the Glen Allen football beat writer right, uh, uh, for the area. Watch out! That's what my coworkers call me. Zach, Zach's got the other fifty one, but you're, yeah. uh, you're you're on the ball there when it when it comes to Glen Allen football. She's Savannah Rieger. She's gonna hang around for another segment. Read her work at the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. When we come back, we'll have more. Take you up to the top of the hour. Uh, crosstalk with Awad, of course. Awad Radio at noon. Coach Ryan Odom of ECU will get you fired up for the black and gold game uh, at Siegel Center, 4 o'clock on Saturday. So we're looking ahead to that. Uh, We're looking ahead to uh, a big week uh, in the NFL, college football. Uh, JMU back in action after a laugh against Georgia Southern. We talked about that game. We'll uh, we'll slide around the world of sports next. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get, 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 get. For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is. Let's go! MP on the mic. number two it's a wednesday morning it's 11 o'clock i'm michael phillips appreciate you being with us for mp on the mic a fantastic program today so far if you missed any of it tap the rewind button on the odyssey app uh but also keep staying tuned we got uh mike svetitz here in a moment savannah rieger the richmond times dispatch joins us at 11 15 and we'll go around the world of college football with a pair of 
big XXL games this weekend. Uh, 3.30, Oregon takes on Washington. Uh, That's a rivalry game. Those teams do not like each other, and they're both in the top 10 this year. Uh, They'll they'll dock the boats at Husky Stadium. Be ready for a mega showdown up there in Seattle. That'll be a ton of fun to watch. Uh, And then, of course, the evening game, USC at Notre Dame. We've all been uh, waiting for that one. You know, just... USC with all their talent, all their offense, but they haven't been able to play any defense next year or any defense this year. Uh, we'll be curious if uh, if Notre Dame can put up some points, maybe a Big 12-style game under the lights out there in South Bend. Nobody to, better to break this down with us with than my man Mike Svetitz. Frontpagebets.com is the site. Welcome aboard, Mike. Hey, Michael. How you doing, brother? I am feeling good. Frontpagebets.com has a big weekend ahead because we have a ton of great college football to watch. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, what, four top 25 games between teams in the, that are ranked, and then you got, obviously, the top 10 matchup between number eight, Oregon, and number seven, Washington, which is, you know, my game of the week with two of the top quarterbacks in the country. I mean, when you when you look at this game, you know, you're not only thinking, okay, Pac-12, you know, this could be a – could be a shootout, but you're looking at quarterbacks who are ranking in the top five in like nearly every stati- statistical category that you can as a quarterback. I mean, Bo Nix leads the country in completion percentage, over 80% of his passes. Michael Penix Jr., obviously, we know he can do throwing the football almost 2,000 yards um, so far just in five games, you know, and they're both around 15, 16 touchdowns. So this one's going to be a shootout. I mean, and these teams are averaging over 50 points a game or close to 50 points a game. So you're going to see um, – I, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough if there's enough lights in the scoreboard for this one. The over <laughs> under right now is is uh, is at sixty seven and a half, and I'm thinking we're going to take. I'm thinking we're taking way over that. I, I think sure. the same about the evening game. Caleb Williams going yeah, against Notre Dame. USC can't play defense, but but man, that offense is so good. Uh, you know, talk 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 me off the ledge on that one. Yeah, I don't. You know, I've got the under in that game. There you go. And I've got USC. I've got USC winning. In South Bend, you know, obviously Notre Dame played Ohio State tough there. Ohio State really hasn't proven that they can score, um, you know, with um, with McCord at quarterback, you know, even though they do have two of the biggest receivers in the country or best receivers in the country. But, you know, Notre Dame played them tough at home. Um, they go, you know, they host USC. Caleb Williams, the defending Heisman Trophy winner, he leads the country in touchdown passes with 22 already through five games this season. So you're, you're looking at a team that, and, and also – Southern Cal leads the team, leads the nation in scoring. They're averaging 51.8 points per game. And you mentioned, you know, Notre Dame names, Notre Dame's defense has struggled, but they're still in the top 20 in, in defense score and scoring defense, only giving up about 16 per. So, you know, something's going to have to give here. And I think, you know, USC goes on the road um, against the Notre Dame team that already has two losses. So Notre Dame is, you know, pretty much out of the national conversation, but they can still play spoiler here. Um, against USC, I just don't see it happening. So, but I still got the under. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, um, but you know, USC wins, and you know, not only the plus two point five, two and a half. I'm taking that money line. Yeah, I, you know what I like about USC is a they're getting a really tired Notre Dame team, and I, I don't think like you couldn't have known that Duke and Louisville would be a brutal two-week stretch, right? Like, when you plan the schedule, this is not anybody's fault. But after that Ohio State game, you're two big games, right? you got Ohio State, yeah. and you're hosting them, and you got USC, right. and you're hosting them. And the two weeks in between are Duke and Louisville. And you're like, okay, you, great. we got Duke and Louisville to regroup. They're both great teams. They're both top 25 teams this year. I mean, these guys just haven't caught their breath yet. 
No, not yet. If you were saying this was a basketball schedule, you're like, man, these are going to be two <laughs> brutal games. But on football, you're like, Duke and Louisville? Oh, you know, let's just roll the helmets out and you know, look ahead to, to USC. But you're right. Two really good football teams, two really good defenses that seem to be putting it together. And so I think, yeah, if you're Notre Dame right now, you're kind of like, man, we got Sam Hartman. We got him in the transfer portal. Like, we, you know, we had Notre Dame or we had Ohio State at home, could have beat them. You know, we talked about the blunders there with only 10 guys on the field, um, you know, back-to-back downs there at the end. But, you know, if you're Notre Dame, you're going, man, can we catch a break? And they can't. And I think USC is going to come in. They're starting to hit their stride. And, and what I what I like about USC this year is I think they learned their lesson from last year. They went in, you know, they, they were putting people away, um, and then they go to a two-loss Utah team right at the end when, with a chance to get in the college football playoff, and they lose to Utah. I don't think this team is going to go in and, and, you know, lay down for anybody, especially a team that's, that they, they know they're going to struggle with. They know they got to play them on the road. Um, yeah, I just think USC comes and takes care of business in this one in South Bend. That's going to be a fun one. At the same time, Miami at North Carolina. Mike, have you ever seen what Miami did on Saturday? <laughs> Able to kneel down and win the football game, and they called a running play instead. I just think it's, I mean, how coaches are so, you know, crazy about things. They're so anal. They're so particular about things. And, you know, we've seen it more and more lately, especially this season, looking at the analytics. We're going to go for it on fourth down here. We got to kick it when we're here. You know, all these things. How do they not have a card that says no timeouts left? The other team has no timeouts left. It's under two minutes. Kneel it. And I even saw a video of one of the assistant coaches, like, you know, one of the GA guys running over and telling, uh, you know, Mario to kneel it. And he's like, act like he's like, get away from me, kid. I don't know what you like. They run the football. It's like the miracle in the Meadowlands meets, you know, everything else that you could possibly think of. Like, did that just really happen? But I think besides that, if you look at this Miami team, they are not a bad football team. They're av- I mean, other than Georgia Tech last week, they've been beating opponents by an average of 38 points. So if you look at that, and they beat a good Texas A&M team by 15. So if you're, if you're looking at a team that can score with Tyler Van Dyke, a quarterback, there's a veteran, you know, you got to say, like Miami, even though that blunder is you know, going to be talked about for a long, long time, yes. the teams are going to live forever, this is a good football team, and North Carolina obviously is starting to get hit their stride with Drake May. You know, he obviously is, isn't having the beginning of the year that he had last year as a freshman, but this is a good football team at home. I, I think the three and a half that that you know Carolina is giving Miami is too much. I actually like the Hurricanes here, um, and I like the over the fifty seven and a half. I like the over there. So this Miami team, if they can put that away from what happened last week, I think they got a chance to win. If Miami's winning late in the game, Mike, I like their chances. I like their chances of remembering this week. <laughs> if, if if they have a lead when the clock hits zero, I think they'll win. I like their chances to win there too. So. <laughs> Mike Svet, it's frontpagebets.com. Every everything in the world. We mentioned this last week. We can get a chance to talk to you about it. Uh Easter Sunday next year, NASCAR in Richmond under the lights twice. And you've been you've been out to Richmond Raceway a few times. I'm so glad we're back under the lights twice next year. Yeah, you know, and what I think was interesting, and, you know, we've had these conversations about, like, how much juice does Richmond still have, right? Like, how much, and it's got a lot. I mean, if you're going to put them on, you know, that that Sunday night, Easter Sunday, there's no other games going, there's nothing else going on that in that time slot. And so it's, you know, kind of a gamble, but we saw what happened last year with the Bristol Dirt Race was on a Sunday night on Easter Sunday. That did really well. 
you know, you got a short track racing, better racing under the lights. People love it. First time since I can't even remember. You probably know the last time they raced under the lights. It's been a couple of years. Um, and they got back to back, you know, races next year under under the lights there at the action track. And I think it's I think it's going to be good for it. It's going to be shot in the Tom, arm for the track. Uh, it's uh it's uh you know a fun NFL slate. I don't know if it's fun for the gamblers this week, but uh, I'd love to get your your take on and your best bets for the week. All right, so here we go for oh, for NFL. Lost, what we're what we're look, Can you hear me? I still got you, Phillips. Sorry, sorry, Mike. I lost you there for a second. Are we still we good? I don't know. I'm, oh, all know, right, I'm, okay. We were talking we're, NASCAR, we're then I lost you. Um, we go went ahead, we went I racing guess, a little. A little too fast. I, I, they were giving me the signal you were still on, so I, apparently the whole world could hear you. I couldn't hear you. Um, well, in that I, case, I mean, I, you just didn't want to hear me talk about NASCAR. Right? I love hearing you talk about NASCAR. You're, you're absolutely right, because you, you mentioned that's a great time slot. I love the compromise, right? So they, they've always wanted to run Saturday under the lights. TV doesn't want that, so I've been making them run Sunday during the day. I, I, love, I love doing a little Sunday night. Mix it up. I think people will watch on TV on Sunday night, and... You don't have, I mean, there aren't thousands of people coming from Tennessee and South Carolina anymore. Like, locals can get home. You can get to work the next day. You can tough it out. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be good. You know, the only, the, only, the only downside is the holiday weekend. You know, when I told my wife that, you know, they're running on Easter Sunday, she kind of just looked at me. Yeah, like, really? uh-huh. and so I was like, all right, well, you know, at least <laughs> it's that night. You know, you can, get your Easter, you can go to church, you know, get your Easter lunch, your Easter dinner Absolutely. in, and then the track. It's, I, think it's, I think it's better than a 2 o'clock start, that's for sure. Oh, that's for sure. Absolutely, you, you, you can fit the whole day in. You can make it. All, it's like when the Masters is on Easter Sunday, but this one's at night. Like Masters final right. on Easter and Sunday. That's that's the worst one because that's that's right in the heart of dinner action. That's right while the ham's getting carved. Exactly, especially when it falls on my wife's birthday, which is you know like every four or five years. That's, that's, that's a really fun. It's a tenuous situation. All right, he's Mike Svet. It's front page bets. Sorry, I lost you there for a minute, but I do want to ask you about the NFL. Uh, what do we have cooking at frontpagebets.com this weekend? Yeah, we got our picks dropping. You know, it's week six, so it's kind of like, you, you, is it the Denny Green week of we are who they thought they were, right? You've got, mm-hmm. some, you've got some big spreads here. You've got Miami 13 and a half over Carolina, which, I mean, I don't think, I think that one's a slam dunk for, for the Dolphins who, you know, are just a machine. And then you got Carolina struggling, rebuilding. Um, and then you look at Buffalo on the, on the Sunday night game. Buffalo's 14-point favorite right now over the Giants. That's not, that's not a stretch. You know, sometimes when you get these double-digit spreads, you're like, hmm, not these two. And then you got Kansas City, obviously, tomorrow night over Denver as a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I like all those double digits for the, for the favorite. Um, you know, the, the really game that I'm looking at is the Dallas Chargers game on Monday night. You know, Dallas right now, it's given, they're giving two-and-a-half points to the Chargers on the road. I really like Justin Herbert and, and the Chargers at home Monday night football, especially what we saw with Dak against not not just last week. Okay, the Cowboys should have lost to the 49ers. 49ers are a better team. The way that the way they lost, you know, they could have put up a little bit more of a fight. But this is a suspect Cowboys team, especially if you go back to the Cardinals game a couple weeks ago. Is this a team that you know? Do they have anybody who can catch the ball? Can they run the football with just Tony Pollard? Are they? How much are they missing Ezekiel Elliott uh, defensively? Can they stop people? So I really like the Chargers here coming off a week of rest. Depending on how Justin Herbert, you know, with his with his injury in his hand, um, I'm looking at that one as an upset. And the other one is the you know the London game. You know, the Ravens are favored by three and a half over the Titans. I think the Ravens win, but that three and a half the Titans have been playing teams close. Uh, on the road, we'll see what happens. We saw what happened last week with the Bills and the Jags. Jags had that week in London, um, and the Bills, you know, came off the plane a little sleepwalking there. So 
that would be an interesting game too. I jumped on the Bills at halftime. I'm not afraid to raise my hand and admit that. I, they're playing well. Surely they'll get it rolling. And then we had a we Absolutely. had a great finish, but uh, didn't didn't get the result, Mike. That happens sometimes in this business. Some, sometimes the, the team, the better team, loses. And I think you know, again, if, if we just got to look at this, what's the? I understand wanting to keep a team back to back weeks in London. You know, and, and you know, if you're going to play twice. It's but, but nobody else gets to do that. I, I just don't understand what made the Jaguars so special. You probably know, you know you've, got, you've got a little bit more insight on this, but I really feel like that, that played a factor in it, you know, being, a, being acclimated rather than the Bills getting there on Thursday. And you've done that trip before. You know, it's, it's not, it's, you know the jet lag and everything else. It's, a, it's, it's, it's hard to get acclimated, especially over two or three days. Here's my thing. Everybody flies the red eye over there. I a coach needs to just punt on on Saturday practices and just fly Saturday like you would to the West Coast and just never get on like never acclimate. Like that's wow. That, just get off the plane and play. Yeah, just get get hotel rooms with like blackout shades. Like we're gonna sleep on American time, not not London time. Like get over yourselves. Like you you can come back and be a tourist another day. <laughs> okay, all right. Hot take from Mike on the mic. Here we go. <laughs> All right, he's Mike Svetitz. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dig deeper into jet lag travel next week. Always love having you on. Visit frontpagebets.com, all the great plays for the weekend. Thank you, Mike. All right, thanks, Michael. Talk soon, bud. All right, sliding away. It's uh, Wednesday morning, 1114. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 